Welcome back to the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. You can search for our podcast on any podcast platform. Just go search Champs Corner or Mark Jennings on Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you know, CastBox, whatever. It's been a few weeks since our nation was turned upside down, our world was turned upside down by the coronavirus, and wanted to chat with Mark and see how he was doing. I know uh, he's got a lot going on, and then, you know, Alabama basketball has got some big recruiting news. We're going to hit on that as well, and then we will release uh, Alabama's team that's going to play in the uh, the tournament that's that two million dollar challenge of alums of, of old college basketball teams that play in the summer and it's televised by ESPN and all that but uh, Mark Jennings how you doing? Drew as always it's a pleasure to come on your podcast and everybody's self-isolating right now but uh frankly this is heaven for me I get to stay here I get to break down film again I go back and look at the old film I've already broken down and really get ready for football season coming up here in the fall. Uh, so I'm doing fine, Drew. I hope you're safe and and healthy. And how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Just, you know, working from home, uh, trying to get outside and walk around and get some exercise as well. Hey, when we talked last time, I believe you said your wife and Tom, your accountant, had uh, had tested for the coronavirus. How are they doing? Well, it turns out, Drew, uh, praise the Lord, it was a false positive. So they ended up actually not having coronavirus, but they'd already made plans to go isolate up in a cabin in East Tennessee. And I told them that, you know, tests apparently aren't working 100% right. So I told them to stay up there as long as they needed. And they're up in the cabin right now, and they're up there indefinitely. And, you know, and uh, I'm certainly busy down here doing my work, and they're up there, uh, you know, exploring the mountains or whatever they're doing. So. Uh, yeah, they're they're good. I'm, I'm excited about that. Drew is really a relief that it came back that way. Uh, but they're yeah, they're up there having a good time with themselves right now, Drew. Yeah, that's fantastic. Hey, Mark, uh, I know you've been getting you get a lot of a request to go on uh, podcasts and radio shows and TV shows and all that. But did you did I hear right that you had uh, agreed to go on a, a podcast in the next week or so? Uh, well, I don't know if it's officially released yet, and I can't say uh, whether or not it has. I don't want to spill the beans, but, you know, uh, the, the Tuscaloosa News has a podcast with Cecil Hurt and a former Northwestern quarterback, uh, Hunter Johnson. And they only have about 250,000 listeners, and they look at our ratings that we have, the number of listeners that we have, they're looking for a little boost. So, uh, unofficially, uh, the rumor is I've been invited to come on that podcast. I can't uh, exactly confirm that yet. Uh, but, but right now we're working on it. My, my people are talking to their people about some type of financial arrangement that would give them to come on their podcast. So uh, I'll wait to de- iron out all the details yet before we make an official announcement. That's great. And Hunter Johnson, you're talking about the former five-star quarterback that started his career at Clemson and not, not the, the, the guy who lives in Tuscaloosa, right? That's, that's correct. This is the, one, the, the former quarterback at Clemson Northwestern. Uh, you know, there is a Hunter Johnson that was a, a Mississippi Juco pitcher at one point in time around 2004 or so. He was pitching pretty well. Then I recommended some scouts go see him, and he pitched really poorly that day. And really, uh, it, you know, it was really a, a, a shot to my reputation. To couple, it took me a couple of years to, to get out of that hole with those scouts but uh, due, due to his poor performance. But uh, I was able to get out of that. And as you know, Drew, my reputation is more pristine than ever. Yeah, outstanding. I know the Tuscaloosa News has been trying to get you on uh, – on all forms of social media over the past few years, haven't they? Yeah, they've been asking me to do a lot of brand awareness for them over the years. Um, uh, but frankly, there's always one person that wouldn't let it happen. Of course, I'm, I can't say who it is, but it's Tommy Dees, and he doesn't work there anymore. So now that he's out of the picture, 
I'm able to do more stuff for Touch Loose News and really help, help them out. And, and, you know, as always, Drew, any way I can help anybody out, I'm more than happy to do it, Drew, go on their podcast. And uh, I've been on podcasts before and, uh, and other uh, mediums. But I'm excited about this upcoming podcast, Drew, that I hope gets to happen. Yeah, I know. I know you boosted the brand of uh, I think it was Greg Dawkins and Ellis Metz podcast uh, a couple of times over the years, right? Are those the people I'm thinking of? That sounds right, Drew. Frankly, there's so many uh, the the number of podcasts and media appearances I've made over the years have just been legion. I can't really remember them off the top of my head, but what you said sounds correct. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, big news on the local basketball scene tomorrow. We're recording this Sunday night and Monday morning. Sanford is expected to introduce Mountain Brook head boys basketball coach Bucky McMillan as their men's basketball coach. Bucky's 36 years old, great basketball mind. He's played at Birmingham Southern. He's he's uh, coached Mountain Brook uh, for more than a decade, won multiple state championships, always seems to get a lot of great talent in there. It's going to be tougher in the Southern Conference as well, though, or it's going to be tougher in the Southern Conference, unfortunately, just uh, – you know, with the prestige that Sanford has, um, Mark, how how did uh, how did Bucky McMillan end up leaving Mountain Brook to go to Sanford? How did they how did his name come about? Well, I've known uh, Martin Newton is the athletic director at Sanford, son of the late C.M. Newton. I call him Marty Newton because Martin Newton sounds pretty dumb to say. But anyway, uh, him and Dr. Westmoreland, uh, who is the president of Sanford, I've known them a while back. And Martin, a few years ago, fired Jimmy Tillett due to his age. I told them at the time it was the wrong move, and ever since then, they've uh, you know they've had made some poor coaching choices with Benny Seltz from Scott Paget, and he came to me and said, "I need your help this time. You're right uh, before." And originally, we offered the job to John Cheney, but he turned it down. I think he's enjoying his retirement a little too much. He had uh, previously signaled that he was interested in the job, but he wasn't ready to, uh, to really get back into coaching. And so we went with Buck McMillan, and frankly, and uh, I think it's a great move for Sanford. He's obviously a great uh, basketball coach, uh, obviously a great recruiter, as we see from those teams that Mountain Brook has. And uh, I think he's going to do a great job at Sanford. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what what happens with this, because, you know, I think Bucky has a great basketball mind. I always love watching his teams at Mountain Brook, even, even with all the great talent that he has. Uh, what impact as far as – because Bucky's going to need some players. You know, you look in the SoCon, you got East Tennessee State with Coach Steve Forbes is really good. You know, UNC – I believe it's UNC Greensboro, Wes Miller up there coaching. You know, there's – Furman's always been good. That's a tough mid-major conference to win. What is Coach McMillan going to have to do up there? Well, you know, he's he's got to get some players. You know, you look at uh, guys who have played at Mountain Brook before that he could bring in. He could get Colby Jones out of Mountain Brook. Uh has a letter of intent to Xavier who could try to get him out of that. Uh, Trendon Watford, of course, we all know, who tried to get him transferred from LSU after that a really disgusting hit piece uh, on HBO about Will Wade was aired the other day. And frankly, to be honest with you, Drew, if I'm Will Wade, I'm contacting my attorneys and seeing who I can, uh, who I can sue. Uh, I think that was just disgusting and, and libelous and slanderous, whatever the word is on him. And it was just disgusting. But anyway, I think Coach McMill is going to do a great job at Sanford. I think Sanford – I don't expect him to be at Sanford to be, uh, to be at Sanford very long, to be honest with you. Uh, I think he's going to be there maybe four years, maybe even less, and and he'll be coaching the Blue Blood College basketball program real soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out over in Homewood. Mark, uh, I believe we talked about you had an upcoming women's golf tournament. This was uh, before, you know, right when the coronavirus outbreak was starting – Obviously, your golf course is an essential business. Um, 
How did that go? Did you end up getting a good turnout? Drew, I'm so glad you asked. We had a great time. We did have our annual senior women's golf tournament. People from all over the world came to play. Uh, you know, people from China, uh, Malaysia, New York, uh, all over the world. Uh, we were lucky to have a great sponsor this year, sponsored by Wickles. Wickles pickles are delicious. And, uh, you know, there are rumors floating around. It's not medically proven yet. The FDA won't allow any type of uh, these types of tests to be released to the public. But Wickles has been shown uh, in mice to slow down the coronavirus. Uh, so you should, you should go out and purchase some Wickles. Uh, Yorgo, the intern, I had him running around everywhere. He had to play a little larger role since he is Malaysian. Uh, he, he, we decided to use him as kind of a foreign ambassador. He could really relate to those coming from around the world. So over, we had 2,000 entrants, uh, 10,000 visitors to the tournament. Is the only live sporting event around with a $2,500 entry fee for each competitor. So uh, we're excited about all the money we made. Jerry was the big winner. She took home the $50,000 first, first prize. Uh, we're really excited about it. You might, uh, Drew, I don't know some of your media friends were there out there covering it. Uh, I'm not going to say who, but one of them spilled his chili. Although he's brought chili on the golf course. I don't know who does that. But it, it was disgusting looking. It smelled terrible. I don't know how, how he likes it. But uh, and when he spilled his chili on one of the golfers, we had to escort him out of the tournaments. That was disappointing. Uh, other big Birmingham names, Jay Barker was there. He was out there covering. He was trying to disguise himself by wearing a cap, but frankly, that's how we all recognize him. Um, but, yeah, we had a great time, Drew, at the tournament. Uh, just fantastic turnout. We're really excited about it. We're so glad all, to all the fans that came out. We want to say thank you for coming out, and, uh, and we're so happy. We're already looking forward to playing in the next year's golf tournament. Yeah, that For, for the 60-plus women, we have, of course, other tournaments throughout the year. Right, absolutely. Who was the media member that spilled chili on the golfer? You know, I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't want to embarrass him, but it was Michael Casagrande, as you, as you could probably imagine. I don't know who eats that type of chili. It was just disgusting looking. I don't know how, what, how he eats it. Do you know what brand it was? I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't get close enough. I got so, it was so close to smell. Uh, the smell was just overwhelming. I don't know. I guess he maybe put it in the microwave too long or something. I yeah. don't know whatever he did, but is, you know, I, I, I it's, it's a brand of chili that I would definitely never try. To be honest with you, I, I would never ever come close to it. It is just just so fat. I about asphyxiated myself with the smell, Drew. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. Uh, no wonder I didn't see anything on AL.com about the tournament. Do you think that's probably why he was pretty pretty upset? I mean, he was pretty upset about kicked out. The you know he might be a little envious, might be a little green uh, because the other media members got to cover it. And that might be why he didn't uh, say anything about it. But that's something you'll have to ask ask him about. I'm, I'm certainly making sure he has a lifetime ban to my course. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. So how did Yorgo hold up uh, having to handle all that work? He's doing pretty well. He started exhibiting symptoms of, of coronavirus when uh, during the week, but he's a trooper. I told him to stick through it, and if you want to make it in the world, sometimes you got to, uh, you know, tough it up sometimes, and that's what he did. I was real proud of him. Uh, you know, he wanted to quarantine, but I told him that was his inner weakness talking, and he got to – overcome that and he did he had a lot of courage and uh walked around shook a lot of hands met a lot of people and uh really did a great job representing the course this weekend yeah that's great to hear i know he's done a great job for you guys over the last few weeks some big news obviously you're starting to see you know other sporting events being canceled or postponed the uh olympics has there was going to be in tokyo this summer it's been moved to 2021 and so the the proposed dates for that 
conflicted with the World Games, which were supposed to be in Birmingham next July. I can't remember the exact dates, uh, but that has been moved to summer of 2022. Mark, how much impact did you have on the World Games getting pushed back a year? Well, you know, as you know, I've been an outspoken critic of Birmingham hosting the World Games. It's not a legitimate event. It's probably not even going to be on television. To be honest, if it is, it'll probably be on True TV or something or or some channel that nobody – maybe the Pop Network. I don't know, some channel nobody watches. The city has already spent way too much money on events like wakeboarding and, you know, probably other dumb stuff to have, maybe some fencing or, or judo wrestling or something. All that money should be spent on getting ready for professional spring football, Drew. Uh, it, it's a great opportunity, uh, spring football is. Uh, you know, we're going to have, we would have a lot of sponsors. You always saw, already saw the huge fan support we had for the iron. You know, there are no sponsors for, uh, the world games. Nobody's going to want to come. It's going to just a huge money pit, but this is what happens when you have these government people trying to do business things. They don't know what they're doing. So what I'm hoping is, is by delaying the world games a year, we can expedite spring professional football in Birmingham and go ahead and get it here. And by that time, hopefully we can bail the city out with all the money that we're going to make uh, with the Birmingham XFL team. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hopefully we can get that here, maybe spring 2022. I think that would, even if that's the latest, that would more than cover up. Mark, something disturbing I'm seeing about the, uh, about the mayor is that several UAB hospital workers talking nurses here on the front line, trying to, do what they can to, to help these these people who are being admitted into the hospital for the coronavirus. And uh, they're, they're getting all these parking tickets day in and day out because they're yeah, just, you know, you don't want to park too far away from the hospital and their, norming, their normal parking spot is, is not available. Mark, uh, that's got to be, that's pretty discouraging for me. You know, this doesn't affect me. I don't go downtown to UAB. I'm not, a, I, obviously I'm not a healthcare professional, but uh it was. It's very discouraging because someone asked Woodfin about it on Facebook, and he responded, "Well, that we're just going to let the city workers do their jobs." Essentially, how does that make you feel? Well, it's not surprising to me that Mayor Woodfin's a scumbag. You know, he's always looking to make an extra buck. Uh, you know, my wife is a, my wife. My daughter's a nurse at UAB Drew, and uh, you know, she has to get there and park early and and walk basically a mile to UAB, and that's not really the safest area for her to do that before the sun comes up. Plus, you know, she's a you know, she's a, she's a, she's a big girl, Drew, and she, uh, she's a smoker. So, you know, it's a struggle for her to walk that far, but, uh, it, it, you know, uh, I, I'm getting down there. I'm thinking about, you know, taking care of, of Mayor Woodford, not, not in terms of any physical violence, but maybe organizing some protests or something, or maybe, uh, getting that impeachment thing going. I talked before about the uh, pack I'm going to set up to oust Mayor Woodford and really get Birmingham moving in the right direction. I'm really going to get that going, Drew, and I'm, I'm just sick and tired of him. He's bad for the city. He's a poor leader. Uh, and the quicker that the city of Birmingham moves away from Mayor Woodford and his idiotic policies, the, the quicker Birmingham can get moving forward and put a step in the right direction. Well, Mark, that's uh, something I didn't know that your daughter uh, was having to do that every day. Will you, will you tell her uh, on behalf of, of myself and the uh, 4.7 million listeners, thank you for, for what she's doing? Well, she's a, she's, a, she's a courageous person, Drew. She gets that from me, her inner strength. And so uh, she's going to keep going to work and helping the people over at UAB. And I'm so proud of her, of course. And uh, uh, I'm just disappointed the city would treat their health care workers that way, Drew. And that it really just – it grinds my gears. It makes me upset. And frankly, I don't want to talk about it anymore because it's putting me in a bad mood. 
Yeah, I completely understand that. Mark, last of all, about the coronavirus, how is it Im- impacting you? Well, it, you know, we got the dipping Dots business. Uh, we'll have to put on hold. Luckily, you know, there's not a license fee that I pay for anything. I worked out a deal with the dipping Dots people because I was bringing them so much revenue that I don't have to pay a franchising fee anymore. But uh, uh, so that's not going to be a cost to me if I don't get to sell dipping Dots in College Stadium this year. But frankly, Drew, they need to play high school football. They need to get that going. They need to get these 18 and 17-year-old kids out there have given them something to do. And, and frankly, I need to have more film breakdown. A lot of people rely on me for my expertise. And if I can't uh, properly break down senior film, I'm not going to be as effective, effective in helping out these college coaches for future recruiting classes. So uh, th- I, I really don't care about pro or college football. I've never really big, big – uh, never really – been too big into the pro game or the college game, but high school is something they need to go ahead and play. Yeah, I agree with you as well, Mark. Uh, Well, let's move on and talk a little bit about some Alabama basketball recruiting. There's a lot going on. And uh, since we last talked, Alabama got a, has gotten two verbal pledges, maybe getting another one or two over the next few days. First one, let's talk about Josh Primo. And he's a guy who uh, out of Canada and he had reclassified from the 2021 class to 2020 and he's a five-star recruit or maybe maybe a high four-star. It depends on which ranking you're, you're looking out of. But uh, perimeter player Mark, a long, lean guy, it seems like. What can you tell us about Joshua Primo? Well, I like this kid a lot, Drew. He's big, he's tall, he's fast. He's not Kira Lewis fast. Uh, but he can get up and down the floor pretty good. He's got pretty good court vision. I worry about his shooting ability sometimes. Uh, maybe it's the rims they use in Canada. Maybe it's the uh, – uh, maybe the way they've taught him. Um, so I don't know. But I like this kid, Drew. I think he's going to be here and be in Tuscaloosa for about three or four years. I don't think he's going to be ready to uh, one and done guy by the least. So I think he's a great pickup. What I like about him, and, uh, you know, I hope Coach Oates doesn't coach us out of him. Uh, but this is, I guess, part of the candidate. He shoots his free throws underhanded, and he really is a like great free throw shooter because of it. Hopefully, Coach Oates won't talk that out of him. He'll keep that same, uh, same type of stroke and, and method because uh, he's really a good free throw shooter. Uh, but, yeah, I like this kid a lot. Alabama's getting a pretty good player. Uh, looking like I don't know what's going to happen with Kyra Lewis, but I would imagine that this commitment means uh, that Kyra Lewis might not be coming back next year. But I don't know, I have any inside information on that. That's just me pontificating. Yeah, uh, the the underhanded free throws, that, that's very, you know, it's very interesting. You know, guys like Rick Berry, Canyon Berry did it recently for Florida is that something that you told his coaches not to put in his highlight tapes? Well, I think I didn't have anything to do with that. I think their coaches probably figured out probably wisely that people would get turned off by that, uh, him shooting underhanded. Uh, I think it's discriminatory and disgusting that people would, uh, you know, judge you for shooting underhanded free throws. But, um, you know, if, if he, I think if he wants to shoot underhanded, he's good at it. They should, the uh, coach should let him do it. But, uh, that's his decision. I guess we'll find out when he suits up in Alabama uniform how he's going to shoot his free throws. All right. Uh, do you have a player comparison for, for Joshua Primo? I do, Drew. He reminds me a lot of a guy uh, of a guy out of Greenfield, Wisconsin, Drew, out of Whitnall High School, went to uh, the University of Kentucky, was there for only one year, big high-caliber player, uh, now playing with the Miami Heat in the NBA. Of course, I'm talking about Tyler Harrow. You remember Tyler Harrow, Drew? Yeah, is he the guy who was verbally committed to Wisconsin uh, before he switched his commitment to Kentucky? 
That's correct, Drew. You know, Coach Calipari did a great job recruiting him and uh, stuck with him and uh, really offered him something that you can't get at the University of Wisconsin. That's, of course, that Kentucky blue blood tradition. So uh, it's not any different from, say, Notre Dame or Ohio State offering a kid in football. Uh, that's what Kentucky can offer you in basketball. So Tyler Harris is a fantastic player, Drew. Uh, he's doing pretty well in the NBA, or he was doing well until the season got canceled, apparently. But uh, uh, when I look at Josh Primo play, he reminds a lot of Tyler Harrow. All right. Sticking with the perimeter players, Alabama gets a commitment from junior college guard Keon Ellis. He's ranked as the number three JUCO project, uh, product by some sources and just another perimeter player Alabama needs. Mark, what, uh, how does Keon Ellis fit into next year's plans? I think he's fantastic, Drew. I think of the, uh, all the guys Alabama has committed so far. He's without a doubt the, biggest, the best one. Uh, he's, he's a six-four guard. They have him listed as a combo guard, but I really think he's more of a two-guard. He can really shoot a Drew. He can really fill it up. He's going to be a big-minute guy in Tuscaloosa next year, um, and he's going to be a, a really potent offensive player. Yeah, uh, who do you who would you compare him to in all your film breakdowns? Well, he reminds me a lot of a guy out of the state of Kentucky. Drew another guy. He went to the University of Kentucky. Uh, just fantastic athleticism like Keon Ellis does, can really shoot like Keon Ellis does. Uh, you know, really a guy who's a testament through throughout his life as just clean living and to be a model for, for uh, players everywhere. Of course, I'm talking about Rex Chapman. You remember Rex Chapman, Drew? Yeah. Is he the guy who was picked eighth overall in the 1988 NBA draft? Are we talking about the same Rex Chapman here? Same Rex Chapman. I believe he was selected by the uh, Charlotte Hornets, if I recall. I don't know. Uh, 1988, that was about 40 years ago, so I have no idea when. Uh, I can't exactly remember. But, yeah, that exact Rex Chapman. Yeah, he was a heck of a player. Really fun to watch when he was playing with the Bullets in the early 90s. Um, a player who is not yet committed and, but is expected to announce his commitment sometime early this week maybe he will have made his decision by the time you're listening to this podcast is Darius Miles, a uh, wing player. Probably he's about, looks like he's about Herb Jones's size and he has played a postgraduate year at the IMG Academy via Waldorf, Maryland. What can you tell us about him? He's got a lot of potential, Drew. He's six, seven, 180 pounds. I'm not, uh, you know, he's not a guy that's going to come in like Keon Ellis and really uh, it, it be a spark plug off the bench for you. Uh, but he's got a chance to be pretty good. Coach Oates likes to take these guys who are real athletic and really make them pretty good offensive players. He did that at the University of Buffalo, of course, as we saw. So uh, I like Darius Miles a lot as a player. He's got a lot of potential. You know, he's not related to Darius Miles, a former NBA player guy who came out of high school. Or that's not his son, excuse me, but I'm assuming uh, that they had the same name, that they are related. Because, uh, you know, if you met somebody named Drew Tramplin, I guess you'd probably be related to that person. Yeah, pro Probably. Um, but, yeah, I like Darius Miles a lot. He reminds me a lot of a guy who played in the SEC back in the 80s. Uh, speaking of the age, played in the SEC back in the 80s, really on some fantastic teams, uh, some fantastic basketball teams, some teams I just loved watching. Of course, I'm talking about Chuck Person. Do you remember Chuck Person, Drew? Yeah, Chuck Person out of Brantley, Alabama. That Chuck Person? That's right, the, the sharpshooter, Chuck Person. That's him, Drew. Yeah, are we talking about the guy who fell in his sword so Bruce Pearl could keep his job at Auburn University, the same guy? That's the same guy, Drew. Frankly, you know, this this stuff they got going on in college athletics where they're just framing these coaches, I think it's just disgusting. And, you know, everyone complains about how they're paying the players, but no one complains about how guys are losing their jobs for things they didn't do. You know, Chuck Person, maybe Will Wade. I just think it's disgusting. And, uh, frankly, I hope it's something the NCAA gets fixed. I don't have a lot of connections with the NCAA office in Indianapolis. But uh, 
if I did, I would certainly uh, raise some hell about what's going on with the with the coaching situation, how they're how they're uh, uh, treating these coaches. Yeah, it's really disgusting. And so you feel pretty good that Darius Miles will pick Alabama. Yeah, I think he'll pick Alabama, Drew. Right. I, he hasn't committed yet, obviously, but I, th- I think he's Alabama's to lose. If Alabama wants him, they'll get him at this point. Yeah, and here's another guy, Saquon Singleton. He's a six foot six combo guard, and uh, he's at Hutchinson Junior College. That's where James Rojas, who who is at Alabama now, but he missed the season with a torn ACL. He is a guy who has been linked to Alabama, but he has not made any verbal commitment yet. Uh, Mark, what are you hearing about Saquon Singleton? Well, Alabama's been recruiting this kid for a while, but you look at the other commitments and what I'm hearing from coach uh, from some of the coaches on the Alabama staff, uh, they're pretty much filled up right now. So I, I would not expect Saquon Singleton to go to Alabama. Uh, he and he's probably going to go. He's from New York originally, as you mentioned, uh, playing in Kansas. He wants to get as far away from New York as possible since they're the hot spot for the coronavirus. And uh, he he's probably leaning towards New Mexico at this point. Albuquerque is about as far as away he can get from New York. And uh, I think that's probably where he's leaning. Okay. Just in case he does pick Alabama, in case anything happens, do you have a comparison for him that you could share? I do, Drew. Uh, guy out of Thompson, Georgia, played at, uh, played in the Big East in the late 90s at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, drafted to the NBA and played there for about uh, four, th- four or five years before he went overseas. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Vontigo Cummings. Do you remember Vontigo Cummings, Drew? Uh, yeah, is he the guy who, who spent a couple of years playing with Maccabi Tel Aviv in the Israeli league? It's the same one, Drew. You know, he was all over. It wasn't just Maccabi Tel Aviv. It was the Hema Farm Bursak and the Studiantes. He was all over the globe playing basketball, and good for him. He got to do what he loved. I look at Vantigo Cummings coming out of high school. Uh, he reminds me a lot of what Saquon Singleton is today, Drew. They're basically spitting images of each other. Outstanding. Um, so we'll see where he picks. I think he's probably going to end up in uh, New Mexico as well. Uh, looking at some big guys, Jordan Bruner is a graduate transfer from Yale, and he's a guy, you know, you look at Alabama's big man situation, and it hasn't been the best. Uh, over the last years, it seems like they're going to need some help down there. Mark, what are Alabama's chances with Jordan Bruner? Well, Alabama needs to find a, a big guy to play down low. That was an issue for them last year, and they need to get that fixed in recruiting this year. And Jordan Bruner is a guy that can come in and do that. He almost aver- almost averaged a double-double in the in the Ivy Leagues last year. He goes about 6'9", 210. The issue is with his academics, uh, I'm not so sure he can get to the University of Alabama graduate school uh, with his grades coming out of Yale. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. We're not totally sure. Uh, there are some eligibility concerns there. I think he wants to go to Alabama at this point. They have to get over those hurdles to uh, enable to make that happen. This is a guy that Alabama desperately needs. Yeah, so if he ends up committing to Baylor or his other – it might be Maryland, I think, his other, uh, is the other finalist. If he picks one of those two schools, should we just uh, just expect that he was not able to qualify to get into Alabama's graduate I th- school? I think that's the most likely explanation at this point is, is, is grades. I, I obviously can't go too much into detail with it, but uh, I think that's the, the big concern at this point. Okay. Uh, well, who would you compare him to? Well, I'm glad you asked, Drew. He reminds you a lot of a guy – out of the state of Tennessee, went to Murray State and had a fantastic career in Murray State. Uh, played the NCAA tournament a couple of times years ago. Went on and got drafted into the NBA. Uh, had a long time, long career in the NBA. Now he's an assistant coach in the NBA. Guy by the name of Ronald Jones. Do you remember Ronald Jones, Drew? Yeah, you talking about Popeye Jones? 
I, I don't call him by Popeye. I call him by his Christian name. But, yeah, you call him Popeye Jones. Drew, he's a fantastic player. Yeah, I remember him. He's a very hard-nosed guy. Uh, I can definitely see some similarities in his game. Uh, any other transfers at this point? It seems like the transfer portal has about 600 names uh, in it. But any other Division One transfers maybe uh, Alabama fans should keep in mind? There's a couple of guys they should be on the lookout for. Of course, these guys might have to sit out a year unless the NCAA grants them some relief. But you want to look out for guys like Landers Nolly. He has a 6'7 wing from Virginia Tech. Joshua Morgan is 6'11 and 195. He just finished his freshman year at Long Beach State. He's the kind of uh, big that Coach Oates really wants, really athletic big, can get up and down the floor. Uh, watching him play reminds a lot of Mark Eaton. So I think those are some guys, a couple of guys that Alabama fans need to be uh, on the lookout for. Uh, when it comes to the transfer portal. All right. So right now, Alabama has three players who have announced their intentions to declare for the NBA draft, but they have not hired agents yet, so there is a chance they could come back. Of course, I'm talking about Kyra Lewis Jr., the all-SEC point guard, had a phenomenal sophomore season. John Petty Jr., the who just finished his junior season, he was a second-team all-SEC guy, averaged about 16 a game. And then Herbert Jones, the junior forward, who uh, played most of the last part of the season with a broken hand. Uh, Mark, what do you uh, anticipate out of these decisions? Well, you know, Herb Jones is going to test the waters. I would expect him back. Uh, Petty and Kyra Lewis are probably going to go pro. That's something I anticipated. Kyra could be a first-round pick. You know, John Petty has a family. He needs to support. Uh, He's going to be a pro a long time. He's been playing basketball a long time in some capacity, maybe not in the NBA, but he can go out overseas and make a whole bunch of money. So, um, uh, maybe a guy who goes out and develops his game a little bit more overseas and then comes to the NBA when he's 24 or 25 or so. He's got that great-looking shot that we all know. Um, but uh, there's something wrong with his mechanics. Maybe it's the – I'm not a doctor. Uh, if I was, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be doing this podcast, thank the Lord. But uh, uh, maybe the flexibility of his arm muscles, maybe the, there's some some tightness in his elbow tendon that's a genetic disorder. I don't know. But uh, John Payne's a great player. If he can uh, really get those mechanics fixed, He's going to come out and really be a fantastic NBA player, but I, I don't I don't expect John Petty or Kyra Lewis to be in the NBA uh, be at Alabama next year. Yeah, you said Petty has a family, right? That's correct, Drew. He got a family. He got he has a child, I believe. So uh, he needs support. So uh, I think it's time for him to go out and make some money. All right. Hey, we have talked a lot the last few podcasts about the tournament. Um, that's that summer tournament that is played every year. The, a lot of the, the regional finals, semifinals, and finals are on ESPN and um, this is the year that Alabama has an alumni team. And you see, you know, Ohio State, West Virginia, those are the kind of the teams that I keep remembering, Xavier, and these tournaments. Uh, you know, uh, the winning team pockets $2 million. And, Mark, uh, you were named general manager of the team. Um, how? And I think now you have a roster. Do you want to go ahead and, and reveal the coach and, and all the players for the team? Drew, you know, I've been working on this for a long time, and I'm very excited about it. I'd be really happy to, to go ahead and reveal the Alabama uh, team for the tournament that's coming up, the $2 million tournament that you mentioned. Players, I'll go ahead and list them first. Avery Johnson, Jr., uh, Ben Edlin, Rod Gazzard, Jim Bakken, Eric Washington, John Felique, Evan Brock, Wade Kaiser, Dallas McGee, MC Mazik, Jeremy Hayes, and then the, the last player that made the team was uh, Brian Passink. Uh, some guys that didn't make it, I just want to mention and thank them for coming out because they really went all out and, and, and tried their hardest. But, frankly, uh, the, the, they weren't part of the 12 that we're going to take to the tournament. Leon Douglas, Anton Reese, Lawson Schaefer, Jason Caffey, those are guys that really gave it their all. 
but didn't make the cut. Uh, the coach is going to be Kevin Stallings. Uh, uh, we made a deal where he's going to be I named him the head coach, and I'm going to let him pick whoever assistants he wants. Uh, so if you're interested in being assistant on the tournament team or you're in basketball, I know we have a lot of listeners in the coaching profession on this podcast. If you want to try to get on the coaching staff, uh, you're more than happy to contact him, and uh, he'll be conducting those interviews. All right. Uh, Passink, I know you were very disappointed with him on our last podcast. How did he turn things around and get selected to the team? Well, I'm still disappointed in him, Drew. He just uh, – he upped his effort a little bit. Uh, you know, he talked about him going on vacation in Nashville during tryouts. He actually ended up uh, ending that, vaca- that vacation early enough to make it back to tryouts, and that's, because, that's the reason why he made the team. But now, I've had just had conversations about with him about putting the team first over the individual. You know, we look at on Twitter, bringing that political talk to social media. You know, who does that benefit? Are you doing that for the team or are you doing that for you? Uh, so we got a long way to go with passing. That's why he's number 12. Uh, but if he wants to earn significant minutes in the tournament, he's got to start putting the team first. And uh, I've seen a little bit of it. He's gotten a little better. But, frankly, he's not where he needs to be in order to be a real contributor. All right. Has the team had any uh, practice games yet, any scrimmages? We've had some exhibitions. We traveled around a bit. We played uh, two games already. We beat uh, the Mercer team 101-94. to uh, we were down a little bit, but Brian Passick came in the second half, really played great. He hit four threes, put us on a 21-3 run. Thalmus McGee really dominated inside. He had 26-11. Eric Washington had 29. And Jim Bakken had 17. But that was just an exhibition game. Uh, Drew, we did win the game, but, you know, exhibition don't matter. We're still trying to figure out uh, what the best team is. Uh, of course. And then we had another exhibition against UNC Wilmington. Uh, we, went up to, we went up to Wilmington to play them on their home court. Uh, we won that game 99-71. Jim Bakken was the leading scorer with 22. Thomas McGee had 21-17, and 17, excuse me. Avery Johnson Jr. had 14, probably the best he's played throughout all the practices and the exhibition games from the exhibition against UNC Wilmington. Uh, he had 14-11 with the double-double and the Brian pass that came off the bench with 11. So um, we look pretty good so far. Uh, I'm, I'm pleased with the way the team's looking. Obviously, we have a long way to go. Rod Rizard didn't play. He was a DNP. He was a late addition to the team, but he'll be back up next week when we play uh, Charleston Southern and Quinnipiac on the road at practice games. Uh, there's one more guy whose paperwork is still processing, um, and and if that happens and goes through, we're going to have to take somebody off the 12. Uh, I can't say who that is right now, but it's Chuck Davis. So if his paperwork comes in, we're going to have to make a real tough decision about uh, – uh, moving around the roster. But uh, that's the 12 that we're rolling with right now. Outstanding. Hey, let's finish this podcast up with some listener questions. Mark, why don't you tell everybody how they can reach you on social media? Drew, you know, we got the best questions and, and coming from the best listeners in the world this podcast, Drew. And thank you guys so much for the millions of listeners we have coming in. We had, uh, you know, tens of thousands of questions this week. And luckily we had your go go through them all. I uh, told him to make sure he didn't sneeze on any of the papers or anything or cough for any of the papers or spread his germs anywhere. But uh, we're so thankful for all your questions. If you guys want to email me or, or tweet at me for a future podcast, you can tweet at me. My Twitter handle is Mark Breaks Down Film. Well, that's my email. I'm sorry. My Twitter handle is at Mark Jennings 55. That's one word at Mark Jennings 55. My email address is Mark Breaks Down Film at AOL.com. That's one word, Mark Breaks Down Film at AOL.com. You can find me there. You can find me on Twitter. I love hearing from you guys, and I can't wait to see what this week's questions are. All right. Well, it looks like Yorgo narrowed it down to four. Uh, we hear from Miles Espy at Espy Miles. Mark, what kind of impact has the Chinese Wuhan virus had on young Marcus's weight training and nutrition pro- uh, program? 
Well, it's the, it's the off season for Marcus, so we don't do a lot of team stuff in the off season. So it hadn't been too much of an impact on him. We do what we usually do. We start in the morning with the with, with cardio. Uh, we run stadium steps for a couple of hours, get him ready there. Then we then we go back and uh, eat breakfast. We go do some uh, some conditioning drills. We do some Oklahoma drills for a few hours and other type of toughness things. Then we go out and do lifting in the afternoon, Drew. I let him rest at night, and I make him study and break down film with me at night. So uh, there's not a lot, a whole lot impact it's had. Uh, I, I'm concerned about what's going to happen in the fall because, you know, you do all those individual drills, so that doesn't mean anything when it comes to being a team player, and, and I will certainly want him to have that experience. So uh, uh, right now it hasn't had much impact. The nutrition program is good. We're doing the same thing that we always do, try to get him about 6,000 calories a day. And get them all beef and bulked up. So uh, that's about yeah. That's, that's what Marcus is doing right now. I'm happy for him. You can see he's making a lot of gains. Uh, as a, he's making a lot of gains in the program. He's getting a lot of a more fit and in shape, and hopefully be ready to go play for his uh his his tiny tots team or pop warm team, whatever they call it here in the fall. Yeah, look forward to uh, hearing some recaps uh, for that. Uh, Mark, we hear from Paul T. Graham, and he says, he asks, now that your good friend Bucky McMillan is moving on to the college ranks, who are you advising Mountain Brook High School Athletic Director Benny Eves to hire as his replacement? Well, I, I don't get into uh, high school coaching searches very much. I have too many conflicts of interest there uh, to get into that. I, I can say that Brian Passing has does want the job and he's uh, sent that signal to them. He wants me to recommend him for the job, but frankly, at this point, the way he's been uh, – his behavior towards the tournament team and his lack of team effort, it makes me, makes me think he doesn't have the right fit to be a, a team leader as a coach. And frankly, that's somebody that you need at the high school level to be a leader of men. And frankly, I'm not sure Brian is that right now. So maybe he gets through whatever he's going through and figures it out, but right now I told him I can't give you that recommendation at this point. All right. Uh, we hear from Clack on Twitter, and Clack asks, Mark, uh, do you happen to be looking for another intern now? If so, how much would you pay, and what would my job description be? Well, we're not looking for another intern right now, frankly, and I'm not sure that, that we ever will. We're good with one. Um, it, honestly, this seems like a question that uh, Mike Casagrande would put up uh, I don't know if he created a fake burner or not, but uh, we're certainly not going to let any spies in my uh, organization, the way I run things, especially ones that work for the liberal media. So, uh, and Michael, if you're listening to this, I think it's disgusting that you started a fake burner account to try to get in my organization. And uh, you still can't come to the course, buddy. Uh, you're banned for life. Ah, outstanding. Hey, we finished this up with soul brother underscore 17. Who is your 2020 Heisman Trophy favorite? Bonus points if you can guess mine. Well, I don't, I don't know what bonus points I would get. I really don't care, to be honest with you. But uh, you're looking at a, who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. you got to look for an offensive skill player first, probably a quarterback. It's got to be a returning quarterback for a great team. Those are the things you look for. So uh, it, the name that pops out to me, obviously, is he had a fantastic year uh, last year, uh, played on a great team. Uh, and really is probably the number one leader for the Hives in 2020 has to be Bo Nix at this point. Uh, I think he's without a doubt uh, the leader in the, in the clubhouse for the Heisman race, or he has the most hype coming into the season. And I really think it's his to lose uh, for the Heisman trophy. Uh, other guys that might want to be, might have a look out on, or might, might want to have an eye out on 
Uh, Sam Ellinger's one. Jarrett Guantanamo is another name that comes to mind. Uh, but I keep going back to Bo Nix, Drew. I think he's the odds-on favor, without a doubt. Yeah, I think that's a uh, that's who that's who kind of comes to my mind as well. Well, that'll wrap up this edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. Uh, please search and subscribe and rate us on any podcast platform. Uh, Mark, uh, hope you're c- continuing to do well in your quarantine, and um, uh, thank you so much for for joining me this week. As always, Drew, I love being on your podcast. I hope we do it again real soon. All right, we will talk to you guys later. Bye.